I'm telling her what is happening. Like we have towels, we're wiping things down. Everybody is soaked. I'm trying to build, my team is trying to build garlands for you, floral garlands of these rose heads. Story, the worst part is that it rains again and even worse this time. And she's looking at the window and she's like, I think we should just wait. ladies welcome to season three of b3 podcast boss babies and bottles and for those of you that are new here my name is jessica with a y i'm a twin mom wedding and event planner entrepreneur and for today your drinking buddy may that be coffee or wine depending on the time of day here i get real with you and talk about all things mom life building your business and event planning what i've loved most about my first two seasons with you guys is that i've gotten to meet some amazing women and moms that are just like me, just trying to do their best in life. I've also been able to get super real with you all on my life and motherhood in general. So join me this season as I go through the twins' first birthday and what it's like to be a mom of twin free toddlers. I'll also be having some amazing special guests and going through some of my best wedding planning stories too. So grab your favorite bottle or drink and let's get this party started. Welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies in Bottles. Today is another mini episode on Memoirs of a Wedding Planner, Part 3 Wedding Disasters. Don't worry, I'm going to hit you guys with some fun stuff (laughs) and some good stuff, but I thought these would be fun. So hopefully you're sitting back with your favorite drink, cocktail, coffee, whatever suits you as I go through some of my next wedding disaster stories for you. So... There's always weather ones because I think weather is the hardest thing to control. I wish that I could control the weather. Sometimes I tell people that I have a direct line to Mother Nature, but I don't. And obviously being from Florida, we deal with weather challenges year-round. And so (laughs) there was this wedding where it didn't look good, really didn't. And it was raining throughout the day little by little, but then... It kind of had cleared up, and so the bride was like, no, I'm doing it outside. I really want to do it outside. We were at a golf course, country club kind of thing, and so it cleared up. She really wanted to get married out by this gazebo that they had out there. It was like a little wedding gazebo, and I was like, all right, I get it. You know, you want to get married outside. You want to get married outside. I'm not a huge fan of outdoor. If you heard my part two, you'll hear my uh, my personal opinion on outdoor things, but you know, whatever. It's her wedding. We're about to go out there and it starts to sprinkle. And she's like, no, it's okay. We're fine. And I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, all is good. I'm like, okay. She stays in the car until it's her time. Everybody else walks down. Her turn to walk down. All is well. Less than five minutes in, I'm looking up at the sky. I'm like, I know this isn't good. I know this isn't good. Like, I know this is not good. And so all of a sudden, skies open up. It starts to pour. And I'm like, it starts to rain. It doesn't start to pour, actually, at the first <laughs> the first bit. So it starts to rain. Bridal party all, like, crams into, including the bride and groom, into this small gazebo. They were all standing outside the gazebo. Only the officiant was on the inside. They all crammed in there. And so they all made this, like, little circle around the bride and groom. A bunch of them kind of, like, got wet a little bit, like the ones on the outer side. But for the most part, everybody was pretty good. The guests, like, there was nothing out there, guys, okay? Like, literally, you had to walk out there. Okay, it was probably, like, a quarter of a mile from the actual inner part of the country club, like, where the reception was at. But, like, a quarter of a mile is a lot when it's raining. Like, it's not really a lot, but it's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, two or three blocks worth of walking. So, like, it wasn't short. So, but anyways, this rain kind of dies down after, like, probably, like, two, three, maximum four minutes. Like, wasn't too terrible here. 
everybody goes back out again it was like a like a drizzle it really didn't start to pour that was my exaggeration uh which i'm sure you've all heard it before at this point if you've been hearing these podcasts and so um i'm like oh okay great well it all stopped i obviously me and my team are like wet head to toe because at this point we've been outside god knows doing all these different things for the wedding so we're already soaked and we're kind of already used to it but again no one's taking pictures of us so who the hell cares so the wedding continues they decide they want to continue it i remember like even going up to them and being like hey are you sure you guys don't want to move this inside and they were like no 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 my friend checked the radar while we were under the gazebo and they said it was gonna be fine and that was it that was the only cloud we were getting and in my head i'm like well this doesn't make any sense but like they were so adamant guys Usually I'm like, I can kind of like reel my couples into reality, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen on this one. I can't even remember why. And it was probably because they were just, again, super adamant about having their wedding outside. So wedding continues, all of that. And of course, a few minutes after that, the real pouring begins. And I mean, like this was intense. So they do their little circle inside the gazebo again. The guests at this point, are like soaked. I mean, head to toe. Some of them are trying to hide under like the random trees that were there. Again, not safe, right? Hello, lightning trees. No, but this is what we do because this is what you can do. So everyone's like hiding under there. This is like a, I want to say this was easily 80 person wedding. So like, it's not small and the bridal party was huge. So there were at least a solid 20 to 25 people crammed into this little gazebo of the wedding party. Bridesmaids, groomsmen, bride and groom officiant, they're all in there. And then I look at my staff and I'm like, guys, this is not going to work. Like, this is not going to work. So we need to find a way. So literally, I have two of my staff members run this quarter of a mile to let the venue know to grab the golf carts and start transferring people. They had like those little four and six seed golf carts. They only had like two of them, by the way. So this wasn't even a lot. So my team goes out there. And then the guests realize that the rain is not over at this point in time. So some of them even take a sprint themselves into this. The bridal party jumps into, some of them were able to jump into the limo that had taken the bride that was going to stay for photos. The venue comes out with their two or three golf carts and tries to grab a few people. Again, a few people run in. I send the other two of my staff members at this point inside to reconfigure the cocktail hour space as quickly as possible to get guests seated so we can continue the ceremony and stay on time. I send another one to go get like towels and paper towels and try to help people like dry off. Like this is a complete disaster at this point. Like you can imagine everyone is scrambling to do things. And as my team is trying to like reconfigure the space and try to make this happen for this couple, the venue decides to come over and yell at my staff as to why they are reconfiguring the space. And my staff is like, so that we can do the ceremony. How else would we do the ceremony? We can't reconfigure the reception space at this point because it's already set up for dinner. And they were like, well, you can't do that. And again, they fully yelled at my staff. By the time I got in there, because I obviously stayed back with the bride and the wedding party and all of that jazz, by the time I got in there, they had given them a full earful. And so I come in, my staff's like, yo, they're yelling at us, Jess. And I'm like, okay, no worries. I got this. I do this all the time. Of course. So I go over there. Mind you, I know this venue. I've been there a few times already. They know me. So I go over and I'm like, so what's the problem? They're like, well, your staff. And I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, they went obviously on what I had said. And the reason is, and I gave them obviously my full-on logic, which of course in my head made complete sense because I thought about it in 0.2 seconds like this was our only option. But the venue, mm, 
not as bright. So I gave them all of my logic and they were like, well, the next time you just should have told us. So obviously after realizing that I was correct in my thinking, because there was really nothing else that could be done, they of course scolded me on how I should have told them. And I'm like, yeah, you mean while you were driving the carts to pick up the whole entire family that is fully soaked from head to toe now? Yeah, sure. Next time I'll run it by you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so that happened. We ended up doing the ceremony inside. They had a beautiful wedding. They were super thankful and all that in the end. I don't even think anybody by the end even remembered that it rained, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that did happen. <laughs> I have another wedding for you guys. I do a lot of South Asian weddings. Um, so a lot of Indian and Pakistani culture. Um, it's very popular down here in South Florida. And so this this couple decided that they were only going to rent, I'm sorry, they were only going to order two of the rose garlands that go around the neck. So they had this tradition where the groom, it's called the Bharat, and they do this ceremonial Bharat where the groom comes around, usually back in their in their mainlands, uh, they do it with, with um, elephants right? So they write elephants in. And the whole thing is behind the fact that the groom is being delivered to the ceremony and the family is quote unquote prolonging him getting to the ceremony so that he stays single for some time. And it's supposed to be like this really fun and energetic thing. That's what it was traditionally. Now it's basically this huge little dance party that you do behind the groom as he gets to the quote unquote ceremony area. So it's actually really, really nice. There's a lot of beautiful music and dance moves and people are just having such a great time with it. There's usually a live drummer and the grooms are not coming in elephants. Well, some of our grooms are, but that's wildly expensive. Most of them are coming in in either horses or really fancy cars or even vintage cars we used in this wedding. So, you know, there's a lot of other sorts of transportation that they can come in. So they're doing their little barat. It's so cute. And then when they reach the end, as the groom is being presented to the bride's family, not to the bride, she's not there, but the bride's family, they usually exchange floral garlands, okay? So this couple, I do not know what happened, but they only ordered two. And I saw that they had only ordered two. And sometimes some couples do this where they only order two and then they move them around the family. So they use the same ones and present them to the different members of the family. And it's only the nucleus. So it's only mom, dad, and any siblings. Okay. And this is before all of this. I had seen her say something to her mom. It just happens to be where she was like, oh yeah, no, we ordered eight garlands. Da -da -da. And I looked at her and I was like, you did not order eight garlands. You ordered two, remember? It was on your invoice. She was like, no, no, no. I ordered eight. I told them to add it. I was like, well, I was not on that email. They only had two. They don't, they only have two here for you. She's like, well, I ordered eight. And this bride took a deep breath here. Um, she was interesting, you know, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her also rain situation. She was like, no, I ordered more. And then she's like, she looks at me as if it was my job to figure out how to find six more garlands, like six more floral garlands. Now, mind you, it is a Sunday wedding in Miami. Nothing's open. Uh, I mean, not nothing. Um, but it was at, we did the barat was as, or I think it was at 9 a.m., 9.30. Okay. Latest this was, was 10 in the morning. On a Sunday morning, most things are not open, as we know. So not only did I have to go through a mission to find a floral warehouse that was open, that had these white roses, 
and enough because each garland, because imagine it was all done with rose heads. So we had to literally take the rose head, like the roses, take off the full stem basically and figure out a way to needle and thread them together. Yes, you heard me right. We had to needle and thread those together and not just normal thread because that the first time, obviously that broke. Uh, we learned that, you know, the hard way I had told my team to use fish wire, but before I knew it, they were using thread. I was like, no, 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 it has to be fish wire, something that's going to last. So we had to redo that one. So we had to find a warehouse. So I call a bunch of them. One of them luckily has them. It's like $300 to get these white roses at this point in time. Send someone over there, might I add. <laughs> To go get them, buy them, bring them back, and then start the process of prepping these flowers, which if you've ever done any floral work is a process, prepping these florals to thread them together in an attempt to make six more floral garlands. It was an absolute disaster. I think we ended up making three or four more is what we ended up being able to do before the barat started. Again, this was really early in the morning on a Sunday, guys. So like we did the best that we could. I think we found out probably with an hour, an hour ish of anticipation and we were able to make that happen as close as we could. I mean, this is a complete disaster. And so then on top of all of that, she was supposed to do her ceremony outside. The hotel has this beautiful AstroTurf um, courtyard area, really gorgeous. But the bride and most of these um, cultural weddings do not allow shoes at the ceremony. Totally normal. And so um, most of the couple, the, the guests had to take off their shoes. And so the bride, because this was on AstroTurf, did not want the floor to be wet. She thought about this the day before, the day, two days before the wedding. Well, we did her, her final walkthrough. They were not from here. So they had to, when they flew in, we did their walkthrough. And so as she's out there doing her walkthrough, she's like, mm, I don't want my guests to be barefoot on like a damp, astroturf and the hotel was like i've been out here before and i do not remember the astroturf being damp and the brides were like because you probably had shoes on and the hotel and like the venue lady was like ah, yeah but i mean you one would still notice if it's damp you know so they ended up the decorator she ended up getting the decorators to order these huge white sheets these huge white sheets that they had to do to cover the whole ceremony floor but it rained twice that morning after they put it down so this white sheet completely defeated the purpose everything is wet her stage is wet her mundup which is what they call like their little stage area with the arches and the flowers that whole thing is wet all the cushions they don't do chairs they do cushions on the floor all of that is wet too this whole white sheet is wet all the decor was already on top of the white sheet i mean you name it guys we had an absolute but at this point because that whole Mundup stage thing was already built, there was no way to physically move it without it taking hours worth of work. Because not only did it have to be, it was loaded in the night before. So then that morning, all they had to do was build it. They started at six in the morning. It was nine, nine I think, by the time the first shower. So it took them between the loading and building, God knows, over three hours worth of work. So they would have had to not only break it down, move it again and load it into a ballroom and then rebuild it. So this was just like, it was not an option. Uh, so either way, I have to tell this bride that it is raining and she's in her room. She's getting ready and she's looking out the window. So you would think she would notice that it's raining. And so I'm like, Hey, it's raining. So, um, your white sheet sadly is wet. 
I know you paid a lot of money for it super last minute and had it rushed in and the whole nine. And obviously these people have been working on it for hours this morning already. But I mean, we can only do your ceremony outside at this point. So we kind of have to take it out and basically throw it away at this point. Mind you, the hotel sent us loads and loads of towels to help wipe down the stage. So I'm telling her this information on how the thing is wet and the whole thing. And she... And we have to move her lunch inside. So her lunch, we were going to have to move inside. So she did, again, this early ceremony going into the lunch. It was very much like, your ceremony has to be outside, so we're just going to have to kind of wait it out a little bit, and your lunch is being moved inside. And she was like, well, is there any way to do it outside? And I was like, well, so your linens are already wet, your linens for your lunch, for covering the table. So those already have to be sent over to laundry and they're going to take an hour to dry. So we're already running late. They cannot put an hour to dry and then put them out again, and then it might rain, and then what? Can't launder these things again, as is the hotel is doing this, because technically that's not even the hotel's responsibility, because it wasn't even their linens. It was rented linens. So they were already doing this because, you know, literally poured on them. So as I'm telling her this story, the worst part is that it rains again, and even worse this time. And she's looking at the window, and she's like, I think we should just wait. And I was like, no, no, this isn't a, this isn't a question. This is a, this is a, your ceremony is going to be outside. We're going to have to wipe everything down again. I am sure. Mind you, she has no, like I'm telling her what is happening. Like we have towels, we're wiping things down. Everybody is soaked. I'm trying to build, my team is trying to build garlands for you. Floral garlands of these rose heads. Your barat is not happening. Your groom is just standing outside in the rain. I'm like, I'm trying to tell her all these things. And she's just like, she's just not comprehending. So that was that wedding. Her reaction was like, we'll just do it outside. We'll just wait. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't work like that. Yet rain is, again, the one thing we cannot control, sadly. You know? Thinking on the fly is huge, guys. Making things happen. My Mary Poppins fanny pack. All these things are just essential for me to do. My day-to-day life, you know, my, just my day-to-day life. And here's another funny story for you. So typically, I tell my couples while I'm doing their timelines and we're working through things and they're arranging their toast for their wedding, I typically tell them to tell their family and friends that are doing the speeches to keep it at two minutes short and sweet. I even try to tell my couples to keep it to three speeches, two to three, in case they end up adding a fourth one, we're still okay. So we have three to four speeches in which they're about two minutes each. You have to imagine, that's six to eight minutes of people just sitting there standing and listening to stories they probably don't really care too much about. But again, if it's just two minutes, for the most part, people can have that attention span, all right? So that's what I usually tell them because then if the opposite, the opposite sometimes happens where people take too long, the crowd does not pay attention and they start talking and it becomes really disrespectful, really rude, very crazy. So I usually warn people, I prep them with this and it's gone very well for me in the last few years since I started prepping people two minutes short and sweet, no more than two to three speeches. Usually it gets me somewhere within the range of presentable for these weddings. So one of my friends sets we're getting married, well, name names. They're getting married. I'm like, this is a beautiful wedding, gorgeous wedding, gorgeous wedding. And the bride's brother was religious. 
And so she's like, my brother really wants to say a few words. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. Two minutes, short and sweet, keep it tight. And I think we were like at her, their fourth, fifth speech at this point, which I knew about, you know, again, friends, they get away with so much sometimes. But like I was keeping it controlled. Well, this guy comes, the brother comes. I shouldn't call him this guy. The brother of the bride comes. Guys, he gave a 27-minute speech. 27 minutes. Okay. And, you know, I love God. I believe in God. I'm here for him. But it was the most religious, preachy speech. Okay. After minute 10, after minute like two or three, my table was already chatting it up. Okay. It was me, my friends, my husband. We were already chatting it up. So I knew this. But after minute 10, minute 10, I text the DJ and I'm like, yo, we got to cut him off. Obviously, he's a friend of mine. He's like, how do you want me to do that? And I'm like, yo, literally, just go up there, change the music, put one of those ending songs on, start clapping, take the microphone away, make it happen. Come on. We're going back and forth about this probably for a solid five minutes. And I'm like, look, dude, seriously, now we're at 15 minutes. Like, we got to do something. He's like, no, come over here. I can't do that. Oh, my God. Like, all right. So I get up, smile, walk my way over to him. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, no, everything's fine. As I pass the tables, everyone's looking at me like, where is she going? What is she doing? Everyone's talking, though. You know what I mean? People are at the bar at this point. The only ones probably paying attention are the bride and groom. And when I say paying attention, I mean just staring at him because they're probably thinking about something else at this point. So I go to him. I'm like, yo, play that song. You know, like, what's the what's the song that ends things? I always forget the name of it. I'm like, or play a Star Wars song, a Jeopardy song. I mean, I don't know. Play something. You know what I mean? He's like, no, I can't do it. I'm like, bro, give me your machine. I can do this. Like, of course, I cannot figure out how the hell to get a song into one thing to the other on those DJ equipments back then. Now I know how to do it. Because I am ready for this again, if it ever happens to me again, which hopefully it doesn't. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it. And then I look at the couple, right? Again, they're friends of mine. I look at them. I stare them down. I wait till they finally feel my gaze at them, okay? I'm gazing. I'm literally hardcore gazing at them. And I'm like this. You know, like when you can feel someone looking at you? So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to call them with my gaze, okay? Finally, she looks. I'm like, yo. You want me to cut them off? What do you want me to do? All of this in sign language, right? And she's like, mm. she gives me just a face. And I'm like, what what, what what, does that face mean? You know? And I'm like, hmm, all right. Let me let me try asking again. Hey, you want me to like cut him off? You know? And I'm like, like literally trying to like behead something, right? Like putting my hand through my neck. I'm like sliding it through my neck. Like you want me to cut him off, cut him off. I'm like doing it as, as viciously as I can here in hopes that she understands and gives me a better clue as to what she wants. You know, again, photo and video are right on her though, so I'm, I, I know she's trying to be discreet. And she and I'm, and she gives me a face. She goes, uh, 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 uh. and I'm like, mm, mm, what does that mean? Mm. Leave him, take him off. It has to be take him off, right? Why? Mm, well, no, she didn't make it clear. So I'm like looking at him. I'm like, all right, come on. Mm. It's her brother though, you know. And I'm like trying to give him the gaze, and I know he's ignoring me. And he's trying to let her make this decision. And I'm like, damn, all right. So I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? At this point, I'm at like minute 21, guys. Okay, I'm like, how am I going to do this? We put on a song slowly in the background, try to fade it in. Guys, he does not stop. I'm like, how do I get him to stop? How do I really get him to stop? 
Okay. I'm at like minute 25 at this point. I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't think there's a way to stop him. I don't even think there's a way to like stop this, you know? And I'm like, okay, all right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I walk discreetly into the frame, my casual self and stand right next to him. And he looks at me and I'm just like, mm-hmm. And I give him that awkward smile. And I think he understood. And guys, he wrapped it up at minute 27 with me standing right next to him with a smile, a very fake, sarcastic, terrible smile on my behalf. It's on photo and video everywhere. However, he stopped, okay? And so that is a minute 27 speech, mm, yes. So from now on, always and forever, two minutes short and sweet, everybody, for speeches, no more than two to three speeches, nobody cares. Thank you for joining Memoirs of a Wedding Planner, Wedding Disasters, Part 3. I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Thank you, as always, for your love and support. The Breathe 3 Podcast wouldn't be anything without you. Make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe and review the podcast. And make sure to look me up on Instagram at ebjevents or canal.twins to stay up to date on upcoming special events and exciting announcements I might have. See you on the next one.